listeners, you are listening to Three Belly Buttons, the podcast that discusses current contemporary visual art exhibitions and events in Australia. My name is Sing Joe, and I'm a Melbourne-based artist and your host of this podcast. In each episode, I will invite two guests from diverse culture and professional background to join me and talk about their recent experiences of visiting an art event. They are encouraged to openly share their ecstatic or loathing or model moments in art. For this episode, I have Shirling Tra, a Melbourne writer, and Ashley Perry, an artist. Ashley talked about his thoughts on the past event, NGV Art Book Fair, that took place at、um, National Gallery of Victoria from 18th to 20th of March. Shirling told us about first encounter. Of the newly opened exhibition hyphenated at the substation. I hope this podcast opens a fun and critical space to allow dynamic voices placed in the art world and to encourage a large engagement with the art and to increase the general public's understanding towards the contemporary visual art. Hello, Shuling. Hello, Ashley.、Um, welcome to Three Valley Button Podcast. Um, before I have you to talk about the artworks、um, or art shows you recently seen,、um, I、um, might ask you to introduce yourself to the listeners.、Um, uh, Ash, would you go first? Cool. So, hi, I'm Ash.、Um, I'm a Kwanamuka artist from North Stradbroke Island.、Um, I live in Melbourne now.、Um, I sort of have a sculpture-based practice,、uh, but I also work in like new media,、uh, so cross programming and like sort of interface works. Beautiful.、Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>、um, okay. Who、Hi. are you, Shuling? Hi. Um. I, my name's Shuling. I am a writer. I mainly write memoir and personal essays.、Um, write a bit of literary critis- criticism as well. I would like to write some art criticism, but I'm still quite new to the world of art.、Um, I mainly write about. Well, in the past, well, to date, I've mainly written about feminism, sex, culture, sexuality.、Um, And sort of representations of Asian female sexuality in literature—that's a really imp-、um, interest of mine. But now、mm-hmm. I want to sort of broaden it, broaden that out, right? Like about photography or my family and like social media, music. So try and broaden out my writing practice. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, welcome. Thank you. I believe Ashley,、um, you went to see、um, art fair,、uh, which has happened、um, last week. Um, I think that started Friday, um, sixteen, and um, finished on Sunday, eighteen, um, March. Um, yeah, would you like to share a bit of your experience? Um, I went on the Saturday, uh, which would have been seventeen. Yeah. Um, I was kind of quite busy that weekend, so I could only kind of really do the stalls, so I didn't make any of the talks. Yeah. But um, there were a few kind of good talks on, which I was a bit sad that I couldn't make it to. Um, but yeah, it was kind of it's interesting because it's sort of like going around, sort of seeing all the publishers that are there. I've been to the last three or four book fairs as well, so it's kind of interesting seeing who wasn't there, who's been in previous ones. So、mm-hmm. some things that kind of stood out, like I noticed, like in the last one in particular, there were like a lot of. Like sort of major international galleries were representing, so I think、um, maybe Saatchi maybe had、um, big a big store at the、yeah. previous one and wasn't was absent at this one.、Um, Mona as well from Tasmania was also absent in this one, so I thought it was kind of interesting who's kind of withdrawn.、Um, but also it was kind of nice to see like all like the familiar sort of like local kind of publishers as well. So Un Magazine. 
Um, galleries as well that were kind of represented there as well. So bus projects had like a store there. Um, I think there was a few other kind of like local REs and kind of publishers as well, which is really nice to kind of see them being represented like in that stage and access, like, you know, accessing like a general public. Um, but yeah, it was kind of. Sounds like, um, that's remind me, um, having lots of RE, um, representation in the book fair. I feel like maybe that's kind of alternative art fair for REs. You know, would yeah. you see that way? Well, in a way, cause it's kind of like, as like a lot of, we, like we know the last art fair that was meant to happen in Melbourne was kind of cancelled due to the costings. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of interesting because I think like the book bay is like a lot more accessible for the Aries and a lot of people now working across different platforms of making art as well, like and through art criticism. So I think it's a way for them to be able to access like a different space, um, and kind of present like sort of works like in, you know, to access kind of community and like sort of get like a broader audience than they would normally like in just like yeah. the general arts kind of community. Good to see, um, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of um, interesting. Like, it's sort of, I noticed uh, when I was looking through the programming, like, one thing which has been, like, a trending discussion, like, in all the talks in the recent years has been that debate between online presence and, like, print kind of presence. So there was a discussion on that this year, which I unfortunately didn't make it to, but I think it's sort of an interesting kind of paradigm that we're in at the moment yeah. where, like, that space kind of exists and, you know, what, who can you reach through print and who can you reach, like, online and mm. the costing of both of those, like, sort of medias. No. Um, yeah. Advertising as well, I know, is shifting from, like, a little sort of inside knowledge that I have where two shows that have been recently have actually been offered free advertising because essentially magazines have been struggling to um, kind of meet their advertising quotas. Mm. Um, so it's kind of another interesting sort of, I think, shift, like in even like the art kind of space, cause you think about it in terms of news and you hear about it like a lot, but yeah, it's kind of interesting how that's sort of shifting. Kind of, I don't know. Yeah, those conversations are happening in the literary space as well, in terms of like online and print publication and who you, who you reach your audiences. And I think online is so much more accessible. You reach wider audiences. Like not everyone can afford a print subscription to a literary mm. journal. So yeah, those conversations are happening. Yeah. And I suppose it's a lot more flexible as well, like in terms of being able to access back catalogs as well, because yeah. things go out of print and um, a bunch of different stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think some of like the big standout ones for me, which is every year, is the Eflux and Stanberg Press. I always try to pick up some of their books because it's kind of nice to see what's happening. Like, um, well, inter- I say internationally, but they are very European kind of oriented or like North American kind of like focus, which I guess is something which I wanted to kind of talk about today as a criticism of the artist book fair is kind of like, I guess like our geographic kind of location, like Asia Pacific, um, how I did sort of notice there was like a lack of representation from um, Asia and Southeast Asia in particular. And I just kind of wonder whether that's like something which the end, like the NGV with their programming for these kind of things could actually sort of maybe reach out more to, kind of publishers or art criticism that's happening within like our kind of geographic sort of location that's sort of right. mm. yeah kind of what publishers or galleries could kind of maybe be invited or like sort of offered like sort of space within that um kind of context so yeah it'd be interesting to see whether that will sort of shift in the coming years as well mm. um, i wonder um do you know if um, Substation has um, had a store there? Um, Maybe not. Not that I remember off the top of my head. 
Because um, the reason I ask because um, you know uh, the way of to introduce um, include that uh, particular culture um, a group and in such a book fairs is through a gallery which is have a sort of um, uh, representation of you know, representative of those particularly cultural group, then through the gallery maybe they can let their voice in. Um, that You know, like as a, a far no, like substation is playing that role uh, mm-hmm. a bit. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, as far as I kind of, I do sort of dash through like fairly quickly, so I didn't kind of see any publications from them. But it's like I guess something to like look forward to mm. like kind of maybe their representation um it'd be interesting to see like whether a couple of galleries could kind of band together because i imagine participation in the book fair could be kind of pricey so mm. i wonder like what kind of like thing in the future maybe substation could partner with another gallery to kind of yeah. access that space yeah that's really interesting because um um i know in sydney um uh, 4a um it's sort of taking the role of um um, represent uh, Asian in Australian artists mm-hmm. and um, and also link Australian to Asian um, artists and art communities. Mm-hmm. And so um, they already established a very strong voice in the art world and also in the large society um, to speak for this particular culture, um, groups and communities and particular region. I just feel like um, Melbourne seems really lack of that role um, maybe because that, you know, um, you know, um, in such a, you know, kind of big, um, events, art events, you don't really often to see that sort of, um, um, yeah, voice and, um, statements and, yeah. Um, what I'm interested in is, I asked you before, uh, is the, um, Aboriginal, um, Australian Aboriginal, um, writers and artists' voices, um, is that in present, is that present in the, this year book fairs? Yeah. So, um, there was a little bit of presence. Um, so there was one stand being run by Australia Arts, oh, sorry, uh, the Regional Arts Australia. Yeah. Um, and they had the kind of a range of books there. Um, there was one which I was kind of interested in, which is actually, from Bunjalung country, which is the country that borders uh, Kwanamuka country. Um, so I was kind of interested in this particular publication. It was quite uh, pricey, as I mentioned to you earlier, outside the podcast. Um, mm. So that was kind of a bit of a deterrent for me because mm. it sort of was outside my price range. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there was definitely presence. Um, and they sort of were running their stand as well, like in terms of like a lot of information in terms of about how to access funding and the different projects that are happening mm. within like uh, the broader Australian context, like, um, Western Australia and, uh, like W, like, yeah, sorry, WA, <laughs> um, <laughs> South Australia and Northern Territory. So it was yeah. kind of interesting to kind of see their presence. Um, in terms of, that's good. Um, other representation, um, I know Institute of Modern Art as well has like really, really like kind of engaged like program for like Indigenous artists, like particularly in the contemporary urban scene as well. So yep. they had their publications there as well. And, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Did you buy any book? I did. Would uh, you like to tell <laughs> listeners which book did you buy? Yeah, so I picked up uh, the EFLUX journal, uh, What is Contemporary Art? Because I always <laughs> find it interesting. Not as in because I 
<laughs> I'm probably going to describe myself now. Um, Big question. I don't know what contemporary art is, but I yeah. think it's really important to sort of um, stay in kind of contact with like those discussions and what kind of recent discourse is happening around how do we find contemporary art. Um, I've sort of uh, sort of adopted like a very much a Aquain um, Wazen's kind of understanding of contemporary art. Mm. Um, so it's sort of nice to kind of touch base with like other curators and other like art um theorists and yeah. cri- uh, critics critics yeah. too yeah thanks <laughs> uh to see like you know what their perspectives are and like what contemporary yeah. art is oh it's also a great book yeah and um, the other one was against the anthropocene um so it's kind of a sort of book that's kind of i guess arguing mostly against but they also kind of present arguments for and it's kind of entering that sort of discussion which i think has some nice crossovers to my art so i'm sort of interested in how that can fit and that's in. just a theory book isn't it yeah and who's the writer uh so tj uh demos oh cool um who's yeah i believe you have another one of his books. i do own <laughs> one of his book <laughs> which is i haven't really read yet so shamefully but um yeah maybe we can talk about that book later yeah, um i'm really jealous now i wish i'd gone to the art book fair but i've been buying too many books recently so i was like i should not go to this fair but maybe next year but i was just like curious for well, someone who hasn't been to the book fair before are these sort of a mixture of theory books, um, art criticism, like coffee books, like, like coffee table books. Yeah. So the range that they actually offer is there's actually art theory kind of books. There's a lot of exhibition catalogs from different shows, uh, a lot of coffee table books as well. There's also, it's really interesting because it's a space for zines to be represented as well, like within the art kind of context, as well as um, artist books, which are books mm-hmm. that are actually produced as artworks. Yeah. So you'll see like a lot of printmakers producing works like that or drawers or different yeah. photo books and yeah. stuff. It's a self-published book. Yeah. All those. Yeah. Well, self-published books, but also books that are specifically actually artworks in themselves. Oh, okay. Um, so a few artists kind of represent themselves mm-hmm. there. The Lifted Brow was there because they were selling their magazines and books as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Um, well, I mentioned a substation before. Uh, maybe that's um, – I'll mention again because that's going to be the next, uh, I think, the show um, we're going to talk about because I believe um, – Shuling, um just went to our opening last night. <laughs> I was there we too. <laughs> yeah, we all were there. Um, and then this is the show open last night called Hyphenated. Um, I won't say more. Uh, I'll let you two um, start to introduce these shows and talk about this show. Um, yeah, okay. Um, so Hyphenated is an exhibition of contemporary art by Victorian Asian artists living between cultural spaces. Um, and like, well, wow. And at the uh, opening event yesterday, um, Peril was also present. So there was, um, there's poetry, poetry, um, in response to a lot of the art pieces. So they're up on the wall next to the plaques. Um, and there was also a, a love performance by Jeanette Ho. Um, I was wondering where to start because it was just such, it was very, it was overwhelming for me, like overwhelming in a good way. There was so much art to take in, but it was felt like a really safe, comforting space. A lot of the audience were also, they were of Asian, by Asian Australians too. Um, and, uh, there was video and sculpture. Um, I think I might just start by one of the pieces of work that really resonated with me. Um, and that was by, um, Sophie beside Basegi, mm-hmm. um, as in conjunction with Esan Koshnami. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was this, 
was the room was beautifully beautifully set up. There was a, a documentary film running in running in one corner of the room, as well as like um, soft fabric on which film was projected. Um, and I walked in, and during the video, the section that I caught was um, interviewing, I think, um, a, a, a friend of Sophie. I, I think they're, they're friends. Um, and the interview was talking about um, beauty standards and how there aren't many representations of what a normal Iranian woman is in, in media. Like often it's a woman who's really conservative or a woman who's really like rebelling against that. And that really resonated with me because that's um, what I write a lot about as well in my writing about um, like my own personal experiences and in my writing. So that really resonated with me and also was just, beautiful like I just wanted to mm. touch the mm. fabric and I wanted to fall into the pictures and I the mystery like I yeah the mystery as well like I didn't want to always um because there was a sort of mixture of like the documentary as well as like a more fictional like just um on the on the, the cloth projections was more a woman patting I think something like in her ha- mm. in her arms I couldn't quite tell what she was carrying and mm. I didn't really want to know. Like in, I, I like that sense of mystery. Um, so that work really resonated with me. Yeah, I I remember that that room. It, it's um it's also yeah like I totally yeah, agree. There's the room definitely um conveyed sort of mysterious sort of atmosphere because um each it's a it's actually a room it's a it's a room but there's a few also divided into a few small spaces and then each space there were a curtain um so and then there was um projection and video work in each space so when you're walking you feel like you're walking this kind of maze and divided by this um um the curtain soft yeah trans transparent curtain and then um and then each as i said each i think the projection was projected on the curtain so you kind of um yeah for me is the first of all i just don't know it's a bit of disorientated um and then yeah as you said the video was uh uh showed this woman figure in a kind of a slow i don't know if you remember slow motions and um, I remember in the background. It's like a shadowing, yeah. So, yeah. Mm. so it's kind of like for me, like from what I remember from that work, was uh, there were two kind of projections, like on the curtain, like the material, mm-hmm. um, and the two parts I saw it was kind of set in this kind of snowy forest kind of scene next to this river, um, and there was a woman kind of walking through, and she had like a kind of sort of robe kind of costume on that had paint sort of um, all over it. Um, and one section was essentially her kind of doing this kind of smoking, I think, ceremony beside the river. And then the other section, which you were talking about, was kind of this holding sort of motion, which was almost kind of like ritual. So she was kind of kneeling down in the snow in this forest, like sort of holding this thing. Uh, the video seemed to be manipulated, like with some time-based and kind of editing sort of tricks. So there was the one part where I saw like a hair kind of like manipulate in this kind of really interesting, like almost like otherworldly kind of like effect as well. Mm. Um, which then kind of went alongside the discussions about, like, the interviews. Yeah, and I think I focused more on the interviews. Well, the interviews are really interesting, like, a different perspective. Yeah, and there was also, like, this really haunting music as well in the room. Mm. Mm. Yeah, for me, I don't know you, but for me, um, her... 
Would you say it's a performance, or would you say, well, it definitely performance, isn't it? But、uh, for me, all those gestures that you say you're holding, well, she was holding something, patting something, or、uh, I remember there was a video when she did the smoke ceremony. Um, I didn't realize was smoke ceremony until I saw some smoke from the、mm. hand. But before you saw that she was walking、mm. um, along the river or along the trees,、um, I just feel like those kind of maybe the moment that was、well, she in the video. She definitely、um, uh, focus on you know draw or our gazing those kind of moment and those gestures, this body language.、Um, I just wondering、um, the significance of those languages and、um, and does that language, like body language, that、uh, belong to women, or you know, is a gender thing, or is a culture thing, or、um, yeah, I found it really interesting. Just kind of thinking those questions and why seeing her work.、Um, I guess. Yeah, it's a very, you know, just saying that it's a very um, um, what's the words um, typical, <laughs> not typical. Um, it's kind of com, it's a quite common sort of um gesture when you speak about really feminine sort of gesture, and um, yeah, um, I don't really have an answer, but that's kind of. All pop in my head when I saw that work,、mm. and I would like to mention、um, because every、um, every work for this show,、um, every um, art work,、um, um, Peril had、um, uh, a group of、uh, poets or writer、um, uh, wrote uh, poems of for.、Um, This show for those artworks,、um, and、uh, when you walk into each rooms、uh, where the or where the artworks、um, exhibited,、uh, next to the artist labels and statement, there was a poem. Um, poem go along with the、um, text, and then I didn't, I couldn't, you know,、uh, opening, I couldn't read properly, and then, but I read、um, on the way because they also printed all the poem on the little pamphlet you can take home. So I took those、um, text back and pamphlet back, and I read on the train. I realized each、um, poem.、Uh, Directly respond to that artwork, and、um, do you remember which poem go along with that、um, Rosie's Sophie's, Sophie's work?、Um, it was、um, Eileen Chong's、um, PS,、uh, poem. I'm just trying to find it now. I think it had something about ink in it.、Um, yes, it's so, called Seeking Heaven. Yeah. Do you do you did you read that? Poem? Why?、Um, I think I read the poem before I went into the room, and、okay. I didn't quite see the connection immediately. I mean, I think I had to. Yeah, I read the poem before I went in, and then I went into the room, and then I came out, and then read the poem again, and then I think it. Yeah, I, I the connections were stronger then because I said, "Oh, it, the poem talks about snow. It talks about ink stained palms, and、um, yeah, I think it's kind of. I do want to go back again to the exhibition. I think、yeah. like one night was not enough. Like even、yeah. like chatting with Ashley and seeing, I、yeah. was like, oh, I actually didn't really concentrate on the projections on the cloth. 
as much as I would I, I was focused on the documentary so yeah. I just think I need to go back again yeah yeah um yeah um how about um is there any other works that um um so there uh I guess I'm friends with a few of the artists in the exhibition so I know Andy okay. Butler and <laughs> yeah. Jenny Lim um Nikki Lum so I obviously like immediately ran <laughs> towards their work yeah um so I guess um, Nikki Lam's work as video projections on on glass. Um, it's in a downstairs basement sort of space, very intimate. Um, it's very soft colors of um, Nikki, sort of doing some gestures of her body, like holding a cloth up with the wind blowing, and it's quite mysterious. Uh, there's a plaque which I did read. I can't remember what's on the plaque now, um, mm. but I think it was sort of about yeah rituals and. It was what I found really interesting was that there were three panels of glass and the one that was furthest away from you, the image was clearer. But as you walked up to the, the glass, the image blurred. And depending on where you stood in the room, the image would become clearer or blurrier. Um, and I found that like, and what I, like, the whole exhibition, I think really raises a lot of interesting questions and conversations. Like I don't, like seeing before you say you didn't feel like you had an answer to mm. Sophie's work. And I think, yeah, that's kind of the point. Like so much of it is unknowable. Mm. Um, and like open to interpretation. Yeah. Um, I, I also enjoyed her room. Um, I guess, uh, Nikki's, um, video work, um, uh, the images, uh, video still, uh, of her video work, um, is actually used as a promotion image for hyphenated show. So, um, it's a really beautiful, um, picture and landscape picture. Um, and, um, I think, um, yeah, besides the imagery she created, um, which is actually she's, yeah, performing in this kind of lake or water or beach um, sort of um, um, place. And um, uh, the colour tone is very pale, is very, um, yeah, like a, a whitewashed, yeah, sort of um, colour image. Um, and plus she projected on three um, paralyzed, um, um, suspended, um, sort of, um, glasses Glass or purse backs. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, it's created like a very fostering, fostering sort of, um, blurry image, which is really poetic very poetic sort yeah. of um, visual experience and a very ghosty-like um, image. Um, but I think the the sound, I like mm -hmm. it. It's really sounded really struck, struck me when I was in that room and uh, I feel like the sound really enhanced a lot about that image. Um, that sort of ritual. I can't really just... I think it's yeah, like a Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then the bell sort of, um, the sound, um, transmit for a long time, you know, mm. and I just slowly faded another one. It's very, you know, kind of, um, that sort of sound and music tones that you often hear in this ritual moment, you know, ceremonies and, um, temples and, um, so yeah, that's kind of really, yeah, sort of, um, impressed you know like it sort of make you embodying that sort of moment um in that room and um 
Yeah, so it's it's really beautiful made work. Um, um, I believe she has another work um upstairs, um, which is um I think it's called um Falling Leaf Returns to Its Roots. Yeah, that's right, and that was um directly um a reference to uh this iconic uh Australian image of the sun baker by Max um, Dupin. Um, so, um, that video is basically showing her, it's quite still, it's like a slow, uh, movement videos and she was lying down on the beach and which is just like that, um, Max, um, the photographs, some baker and she sort of imitated that gesture, like the movement, but as a f- female Asian, um, woman like female asian female bodies and um yeah so kind of mm. it's a video as opposed to a still image so you can see the wind kind of brush strands of her hair yeah and like the a lot more vivid colors compared to the other what piece of work um yeah and i remember commenting to nikki i'm like oh yeah i recognize that reference to that photo by that dude and because like i knew the photo (laughs) but i've forgotten the guy's name (laughs) yeah 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 um yeah, so that's kind of interesting for for me to like cuz you're as a writer. I wonder um you know if often when when you see those visual like visual art expressions yeah. um you have different um poor knowledge which is different <laughs> from I wonder like it does what the differences when you see the art uh, what's your I don't know, like, um, when you, for example, you don't get certain, like, art histories yeah. and things and, um. So, yeah, one of the examples. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, you, yeah, one of the examples we were chatting about just earlier was um, with Andy Butler's work about, um, he was in his piece, one of, part of his work is, um, there's a video where he's making balloon dogs, which is a reference to it. Is it Jeffrey Kuhn or what's, I forgot, forgot his name. Yeah, Jeffrey Kuhn. And I was like, oh, I recognize those balloon dogs, but I didn't know the history and the context behind those dogs. Like I didn't realize that it's quite commercialized. Like having spoken to Ashley and seeing, I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of, that's what the comment and the statement is about. Um, so yeah, I think what I find with art, like we're well, looking at visual arts a lot more visceral and emotive like I feel more like the reaction I get is less of from my brain and more from my heart and like I feel with visual arts a lot more open to interpretation versus writing and writing a lot often is just telling you what to think whereas I think with art, um, visual art and exhibitions it's a lot more um, room to insert your personal experience and think about yeah it's a lot more room to interpret but do you think that this because this particular show they cooperated with peril Mm -hmm. and the writers and do you appreciate that um collaborations yeah it's like a dialogue i think um and often i find like reading the the is that the plaque is that a special one i don't know we just put war label oh war label (laughs) um yeah it it kind of explains the work to me, I think those war labels are really important, um, especially if you don't have that artistic history background knowledge. Um, and I think to me, I found the art, like the visual artwork and the poetry were kind of in conversation with one another. Like you kind of needed to have seen one to 
like you can't like, you have contextualize to, you can't, yeah, the you can't other have to see them together like it's yeah. you know if you just saw the poems you it, it gives you a scent like unless you had the photo of the room like you, it's just yeah it's mm. like a, it's a one it's like an experience that has it has to be kind of together yeah oh that's yeah that's good um Another another question, like <laughs> for as it because you're a writer, or, I, I don't often have a writer in this podcast. Um, do you when you go to the visual art shows, um, do you tend to read first, artist mate, or you you tend to look at the art first? I like to. Well, it probably depends on the piece. Um, mm. I usually like to look at the art first and then read the wall label, um, mainly because I want to. Because I think, in a sense, I want to experience the art. Well, I think, I, I guess I want to have that, the, my first reaction, I want it to be to the art and to my experience of the art, whereas I feel like the label, um, it enhances that. So I, I know it, I know the label is part of the artist's work as well. I don't know, do they often, is it often the artist who writes the label or is it the curator who writes? Yes, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, from my experience, artists do write their ex- uh, art, statement, art statement, but, yeah. um, in the end, what text on, uh, put on the wall sometimes, um, it's, um, also, you know, amended or edited by, um, curators. It's okay. not necessarily the original works from artists, artists themselves. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it really depends on what kind of gallery, I guess. Okay. Um, but I guess, yeah. Um, yeah, because I kind of feel like um, it's almost like a, a filter or um, having that wall label, it kind of enhances your knowledge and experience of the piece. But, um, yeah, just I, I guess I want my first reaction to be a bit more pure, I guess, but I'm not trying to say that the label, like, it's, it. yeah, I really appreciate having that label there as well. Yeah. I thought, like, for the show it was really interesting because, like, the wall labels weren't overly descriptive of the work as well. So mm-hmm. kind of each uh, piece had a wall label that would have the title, the year, and the materials, but there wasn't necessarily, like, an artist statement going yeah. into a lot of depth of, like, what the works are about. And I think that was really nice because then I think the poems kind of complemented them in, like, a different way, like, in, like, kind of a less directive way mm. and, like, a more, like, kind of opening, interpretive sort of way of uh, understanding the works, mm. um, where, like, you know, sometimes you'll go to a show at the NTV or, like, other galleries and, like, there'll be this, like, really kind of directive, like, this is what the artist do, do, do. Yeah. And, yeah, and then I think, like, if a viewer does kind of approach that first and they see the work and that's kind of all they can kind of get from it, where I think, yeah, mm. like... Alternative to like this show, like it sort of opens it like a lot more. And then I think in terms of like the actual catalog for the exhibition, like there's like descriptions about like kind of where the person was coming from, like for their work, which is like a bit more insight, which I think people sort of pick up and then read back over later. So it's sort of, yeah, I think it's a good way of kind of approaching the show. Yeah. I think, because mm. I think once, yeah, you can't, I would like, I don't, I think it's really important to like, I feel like the, the wall labels, I mean, it's like the artist lens, like putting on top of my lens. So, mm. and I think that's critical because I don't want to like, it, like, I think the artist has created the work for a particular reason and some of it could be lost by me not reading the label. So I would never like ignore it. But at the same time, I guess I want my first reaction to be my reaction. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, um, I'm really excited to see the two art forms, um, 
find this common place and sort of um, uh, work together as a one expression, which is you don't often say that for, uh, which is doesn't really make sense because uh, for me, like, poem has lots of a common um, uh, creative process as a making art and um, in general, I think, in, in many on many ground, like a writer, as a professional writer, you actually has a very similar a creative process as an artist. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like a why we never really thought um, or rich have a really rare expressions um, make those two together. Um, yeah, so it's a, such a you know. Um, um, I don't know, enlightening sort of experience to go through this show. Um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, there's just so many things we can talk about this show because there's, uh, how many artists in there? And there's, um, um, about, um, six, seven, nine, um, artists, um, in the show. And then each artist, um, uh, each artist, uh, their works, um, it's kind of speak about their um, connection between Australia or particularly Melbourne to uh, their uh, culture, that, uh, the culture they come from. Um, so it's there's just so many, um, I guess there's just so many things we can talk about. Mm-hmm. But um, overall, yeah, um, I think the last thing I would like to say was before we finished, um, because um, uh, I just come from uh, Sydney Binali, and I know this year Sydney Binali was um, has a Japanese um, curator, um, and um, um, I had a lots of a rich experience in in that uh, Sydney Binali, seeing lots of uh, Asian um, old artists and, and artists based in South um, Pacific, and I think uh, this show was a, such another their their artworks and particularly about and uh, say if that's like about Asian culture but more about the uh, pro- uh conversations and um uh, conflicts and problems or uh experience and locate placed within the um regional uh, a- Asian regional plays um but here this uh hyphenating show um equally have that kind of experience of you know knowing um, Asian cultures, but they speak more about the Asian culture within Australia culture. So I, yeah, um, I don't know. I just, you know, recommend everyone to see the show. And then the, um, in the end, I'll just want to say the hyphenated, um, just opened last night. And, um, so it opened to the public on the 20, from today and 23rd March and goes till 21st April. So, all right, I think that's the end. Um, before, yes, before I finish, um, would you have anything you'd like to promote through this podcast, and Ashley? Um, oh, God. I don't have any of my own things on, but um, I know, I think just on Wednesday, new sh- uh, show, oh, I can't remember the name of the artist, um, just open up a black dot, which sounds really, really interesting. We'll be popping out there probably over this weekend, so I recommend people looking at what that one is. I'm pretty sure it's going to run for about three or four weeks so 
to double check what that's the called. The exhibition at the Black Dot Gallery. Yeah, Black Dot Gallery up in Fitzroy. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then so the that. show just opened? It just opened, I think, on Wednesday night. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, so Beautiful. I'll be popping out to that on the weekend, checking that out. So Yeah, yeah. I'll include the link of the show in the notes. The, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> how about you? Um, I Well, I wrote a piece late January for Mianjin um, about, the represent, about representations of... Um, Asian women sexuality in fiction and its um, impact and importance in my own sexual awakening. It's a really sexy, bold essay, which, um, and yeah, so I really am proud of the piece. And, um, great. Yeah. Can, can we, um, get online to yeah, raise it's available article? online on the Me Engine blog? Oh, and beautiful. it's called, um, Through the Looking Glass. Great. Okay. Um, any, are you writing on oh. other projects or? Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm writing a piece about my grandmother at the moment. Initially, it was supposed to be about language, but actually I've realized it's more actually about misunderstandings as opposed to language. Um, so that, that I've got working on that at the moment and also working on another piece about fairy tales and the bloody chamber and sort of the ongoing relevance of fairy tales in modern society. Oh, fantastic. The awesome. Yeah, it sounds very interesting. I can't wait to reading them. Um, I will include the uh, link to your articles in the notes too. All right, let's wrap it up. And um, I believe it's time for Kongji. Okay. Yes. <laughs> thanks for coming. Cool, it's really nice to have you guys. Thank you. I hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode. Hyphenated is showing at the substation now in Newport. It finishes on the 21st of April. Please check it out. If you are interested in her speakers, please find more information about them via the web links that I have included in the episode notes. If you would like to share your experiences in NGV Art Book Fair or share your thoughts on the expression hyphenated, please leave the comments via email. Email me at 3bellybuttonpodcast at gmail.com. 3bellybuttonspodcast as a one word. The next episode will be released in two weeks. Thanks for listening. I'd like to thank Marcel Fairfe for recording and editing this episode. Bye for now. Bye.